You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Sport Selector is back. Play to win your share to £10,000 or more. Simply select a Premier League team to win each week. If they win, you're through. If they don't, you're eliminated. But here's the twist. You can only select each team once. Talk Sports Selector is back. Entries cost just £10. Join now at talksport.com slash selector and stay in it to win it. Terms and conditions apply. 18 plus be gambleaware.org and please gamble responsibly. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Wednesday, and welcome to yet another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein, and new Friday drive time host. Ooh, yeah, me and Darren Bent, every Friday from 4pm. Oh, you're still doing the sports part? Yes, I've already put that out there. I'm still doing the sports part Monday, Thursday. Oh, phew. Yeah, said no one. Anyway, what a podcast we've got. We start... With the reaction, oh dear, to the dross last night, England's game against Denmark in the Nations League. The match was live, barely, on TalkSport. And here's the fallout with me and Cundy on my show, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday at Thursday from 10pm. Possibly some of you are on here as well, moaning like I was moaning, like everyone's moaning, because it's just horrific to watch, isn't it? England's chance to change the headlines. Full commentary here on TalkSport with Stuart Pearce and Jim Proudfoot. Vess, right-footed ball inside the penalty area, yeah, second deflection on its way through, Paulson heads it down, and Ericsson should have scored. Well, I'm going to have to put that down as a really, really bad miss there. High ball turn four, Kane will chase after it, he's just looking around, wasn't quite sure where it had gone, neither was Schmeichel, and Harry Kane very nearly scored, squeezed it towards goal, and only alert defending from Zanke Jernsson knocks it off the line, Schmeichel mightily relieved. Less than wonderful, wonderful in Copenhagen, not a vintage performance by England by any stretch of the imagination only two shots on target but the second of those right at the end of the game very nearly gave them the victory in Copenhagen it's finished Denmark nil England nil I think we needed a night where we had as much experience on the pitch as we could and stability there's been mayhem frankly for three weeks and um, two clean sheets and solid performances and strong focus on playing um, it was great credit to the players that were here. And I wanted to see tactically what he was going to do, Southgate, because the problem we had is that you got Phillips and you got Rice. And you're right, they've got to get on the half turn. But once, once that ball's played from Gomez or Dyer or Cody, they've got to see the whole picture. And if you've got your back to goal, you're only going to play one way. It's either that way or you have a little look over your shoulder and you play sideways. Kane needed someone closer to him and the gap between the midfield two and our front three because of the way they were set up we had no number 10 so the space because even though it was big if we had someone in there then we can play those balls in but we couldn't we had no one in there second half when Mount come on I thought Mount 
change the game for England. He's got the energy. He loves to drift in that little area. He can play out wide left, but he loves to drift and he got closer to Kane. And I felt you you start to see Kane come alive there as well. Jaden Sancho on the periphery of it, a tough game for him. But I think second half we improved. I thought second half we got something out of it. I think we got to bear in mind... What a, what a bizarre... I mean, two tough games. Right, you're laughing about it. Both away from home. No, Ice, Ice is De- not tough, well, De- okay. Belgium Den- beaten 5-1 Den- tonight. Den- Den- yeah, but they're home. Denmark is a tough... There's, there's no one- advantage at home anymore. There's no well, crowds. they're home. So, there's, so Denmark have lost one, I think, the last 25 games. This was always going to be a tough game. Well, it's, no, it's awful. There's always a positive. And Gareth Southgate just gets a, a wink from Jack Grealish as they uh, shake hands, and Grealish will come on here for another one of England's debutants. Phillips off, and Grealish on to make his debut for England. Obviously, there's been a lot of attention on Jack Grealish, of course. What did you make of, of his debut? Well, firstly, I thought Connor Cody's debut was absolutely outstanding. He organised the game. He organised his teammates. His use of the ball was excellent. Connor Cody has not looked phased. It's been a brilliant opening 10 minutes from him. Yeah, he's hit a couple of lovely diagonal balls, as we mentioned earlier. He, he does it on a regular basis for Wolverhampton. He's got that in his locker. I thought Calvin Phillips' his debut was one he can be proud of. He, he got more and more comfortable as the game wore on. Obviously, Jack, we gave uh, about 20 minutes and he had one nice run where he... he, he dribbled into the box as he as he can and drew challenges and looked like he might get a shot away but wasn't wasn't quite able to so for him I think a good experience to be with us and to see how we work and the intensity of the play. Just finally I understand that you've spoken to both Mason Greenwood and Phil Foden what do they now need to do to regain your trust and be selected for England again Um, and is October too early for them? Well, I've got a lot to think about. I mean, as you say, trust needs to be rebuilt and that takes time. I think with both of the boys I said yesterday, there has to be consequence to what's happened. But that doesn't mean that take that, hold that against them forever. They've got to have a chance to rebuild with the spotlight that's on them, with what they're having to go through at the moment, with what their families will be having to deal with. Then that's an incredible ordeal for, for young people. And I don't think you can underestimate the impact that will have on them. Now over to the breakfast show with the wonderful Laura Woods, Woodsy as we call her, Ali McCoy, Coisty and Tony Cascarino. Big Tony, we call him. Reacting to Phil Foden and Mason Greenwood's dismissal from the England squad. First up, we'll hear from their guests, the former Three Lions manager, Big Sam Allardyce, or Big Sam Allardyce as we know him, and the ex-England striker, Dean Ashton. It must filter from the under-21s. There was a lot more of a, a lax feel to the under-21s when you went away and bits and bobs used to go on. But then when you went to the senior side, or certainly I did, you never felt that. That, that was totally different. So I think that needs to be looked at as well. You put all your rules and regulations, if you like, on schedule, on your schedule. You con- constantly, particularly in this pandemic, you you hammer it on. Not only Gareth, but the whole of his staff. Uh, the whole of his staff will have been let down, not just Gareth, because all those protests all those tests, all the, the bubble that they've had to put together, all the travel arrangements, everything. I mean, I, I, you know, I've just been to Socrates and we were tested. We were tested four times in just the three days we were there. We were social distancing all the time. And I think Gareth used the word yesterday quite cleverly when he said, the boys. Mm-hmm. And I think he's sort of aiming at their immaturity in this situation because they... The, the young men. There's a long way to go for Phil Foden regarding your family, your mum, your dad, your partner, your manager at your football club, your coaches, your 
play, playing colleagues. This will rumble on for them. Yeah. And that's a difficult thing that I think everyone thinks, uh, oh, they've been sent home and they think they've got away with it. They will not get away with it. In some bizarre way, Ali, and I don't know what you think about this, this happening now, and look, they could have put people at risk, so it, it's a bit of a, a daft statement, but this happening so early in the long term might work for them really well because what's going to happen is going to make them mature a lot quicker from doing it so young. Now, Jim White and Simon John were joined in the studio on their show by the football super agent, Keir Jurabchim. Fresh from wrapping up the £20 million deal that saw the former Real Madrid man, James Rodriguez, join Everton, Keir said the manager was the main reason in bringing the midfielder to the club. I think Ancelotti factor. Ancelotti knows exactly how to use him to his best ability. And he did so in Munich. He did so in Real Madrid. This is a boy that's won every, you know, won a lot of trophies, mm. a lot of trophies. Everton has a, now a very big manager, an important manager, has won everything and knows how to win. And he wants to develop. And he's brought in experienced players like Alan. Alan is the Ancelotti factor as well. Ancelotti has a four-year deal going to five. It was a very young squad with Holgate and Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison. And Ancelotti wanted to balance it a little bit, bring in a little bit of experience to put behind those guys. He feels James feeding Calvert and Richarlison would be uh, an incredible fate. So I think if he can keep him fit and on the pitch as much as possible, I think it'll be an incredible signing. And staying with Everton, this is Adrian Durham and Darren Goff on Drive Time, Monday to Thursday from 4pm. On the business, the Toffees have done in the transfer window and what are their hopes for the coming season? Top 10's not going to be good enough for Ancelotti. Some Everton fans might think, well, improvement will do. Ancelotti is not thinking along those lines. He's not gone into that club to just finish in the top 10. He's gone to challenge. He's also got an owner who is willing to back him as he's backed other managers at Everton. They haven't done the business for the owner. But they have been spent a lot of money. Now they've got a manager who can deliver, has a history of delivering. And they're delivering him players to play with. So the expectations understandably will, will rise. But what are those expectations? To go from bottom half of the table, as you say, to what, top six or even top four? Ancelotti's a Champions League manager. Now, with the return of the Premier League season nearly upon us, Sean Dyche has been busy preparing his Burnley side for their first game away at Leicester City. There had been rumours that old Dyche would be leaving the club at the end of the season, but no, 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 no. He's been telling TalkSports, Ian the Moosey Moose Abrahams, that he's going nowhere unless a massive offer comes in, I imagine. No, just going back to the words I used then, I said I'm still here. Um, at that time and I'm still here now when I've been here when I've been asked before so um, as we speak now I'm still sitting here so it's it's quite simple actually I'll ask you about a couple of your players right now uh, James Tarkovsky apparently a target for West Ham um, you clearly think he's an England player he clearly thinks he's an England player West Ham wants him I take it you don't want to sell at any price I think the situation about England is just because of his form last season you'd play him aside well Popey 15 clean sheets I think it was you know uh, an equal record finish at points, 10th in the Premier League, um, renowned for his ability to defend as much as anything. So that's, that's just a common sense view. It's not, I'm not questioning Gareth so much, I'm just saying commonsensically he's an on-form centre-back who I would think would at least be around thinking and therefore be at least in the squad, not necessarily playing. That's a different uh, decision altogether. Um, regarding 
transfers. We've had many players down the years linked to transfers. There's a, at a club like this, eventually there's a price. If that price gets met and that the chairman and the board think is appropriate, then that's what happens. That's just you know a simple fact of the football business, actually. Not just Burnley football business either. There's not many clubs around the world that just refuse everything they get offered. Eventually, there comes a time when they have to make a decision. That's not there yet. And it's not there at the moment. And nor do I want it, by the way. Now, it looks like Aston Villa have secured the signature of Brentford striker Ollie Watkins for £28 million. Pounds. That's a lot of money. Actually, I was quite pleased with that whistle. I didn't know I could do that. No, I can't do it. Anyway, Christian Ribeiro played with Watkins at Exeter in League Two and joined Dan Windle on the TalkSport 2 social to react to the news. He had amazing raw talent and power and pace. And I really, really underestimate how good his technique was as well, both feet. And you could see he had the tools. It's a case of some players at that age, um, how they develop into first-team football. And he was probably the best case I ever played with, which where he just took to first-team men's football uh, like it was nothing. And as soon as he came into the first-team atmosphere and started playing games, he started scoring straight away. And he just, um, you know, he's just gone on every stage that he's gone on to. He's learned to conquer it. So I don't see why he can't go one more now to the Premiership and do the same. Back now to big Tony Casarino on The Breakfast Show on Callum Wilson signing for Newcastle United and why it's a goodbye for Steve Bruce. I think when he took the job, he immediately lost 30 goals with Rondon leaving in Perez. You know, that was a big challenge for Steve at, at Newcastle. With Rafa had the benefit of them two players and obviously he had a signing called Joe Linton that come in, but, you know, it wasn't Brucey signing. It was the club, who, who, a recruitment team who had made that uh, player come to Newcastle. So I think getting a player that you know is quite reliant, didn't have the best of seasons last year, but if you look over his period in the Premier League, Callum Wilson's been a real star for Bournemouth. Back now to the super, super agent, Kia Jarabjim, on why William was convinced to join Arsenal by Mikel Arteta, why Coutinho won't be joining the Gunners or Spurs, and why Mesut Ozil's situation at the Emirates suggests the saga should have ended a long, long time ago. Play the Star Wars music. situation should have been resolved two years ago what is the point of a player sitting and not playing who gains from that the club doesn't gain from that the player is aging he doesn't gain from that the agent doesn't gain from that i mean i'm not exactly sure other than the fact that you know maybe the player has a monetary gain from from getting an income i don't think anybody really gains from such a such a situation i can't ever remember and us not trying everything to resolve a problem of player. I just don't see the point of it. He's got Lewandowski one way, he's gone the other way for Coutinho, and it is seven! Philippe Coutinho! Koeman called him right after the Champions League victory with Bayern um, the following day, uh, told him that he's very much in his plans and he'd like him to return. He was due to return on 7th of September. Actually, he returned at the beginning of September because he didn't want to lose his um, momentum and fitness and he has been training with Barcelona, he's all signs point that Barcelona have changed quite dramatically the way that their philosophy of how they wanted to, to move forward from last year. 
And I think, you know, the players that they brought in, like Coutinho, like Dembele, like Griezmann, they're all going to be part of the squad this year. Abraham finds Willian inside the area right and side. Number four! Now Willian gets in on the act. There's no secret. You know, he wanted a three-year contract and the Mikel Arteta project was just incredible. I think he, he was very much wooed by Mikel and Edu. What Mikel presented to him and the way he wants to play the football and the way he wants to continue and and the success he wants to bring to Arsenal made the difference and I think that's what he said and I think that's that is exactly what it was now don't forget the opening Premier League game of the season this Saturday sees the Gunners travel to Fulham in a 12.30 kickoff live on game day and that's a TalkSport exclusive would you believe now this is Hawksby and Jacobs doing what they do best between 1 and 4pm weekdays that's probably a lot of coughing and some dribbling Ronnie O'Sullivan he was banned apparently from Pontins at the age of 10 and he thinks that helped turn him into one of the best players in the world because it was then his dad um, channelled him into playing snooker but uh, he was an unruly youth apparently Ronnie it takes um, a bit of doing being banned by Pontins, age 10. Yeah. What did he do? <laughs> he was barred from the holiday camp for endangering swimmers when diving off a top board, throwing eggs and smashing a beer glass on the ground. Really? So, um, yeah, behaviour, I'm sure he looked back on, not great sense of pride. But still, mm. um, he, his dad then said, no, I've got to get you channelled into something, son. Got him playing more snooker and the rest is history. So we wondered if you've been banned from anything. Mm. I mean, we don't, you know, don't come and say, oh, yeah, I got banned. You know, it's some appalling story because that's not going to make it. But mm. maybe it's, you feel it was very unfair that you got, you got I, banned. I got thrown out of summer school. When I was about fifteen, did you really? Expelled, yeah, it was nothing to do summer with school. Well, it was like a, yeah, that's what it was. Basically, the summer holidays we get it was like a cross between a, a holiday camp and a school, and your parents sent you there, and yeah. uh, and it was <laughs> nothing to do with me at all. I mean, I right. got, I got uh, oh no, no, no it wasn't. I was a real innocent <clears throat> party, but I was as part of the party that right. But it really wasn't oh, me. Man, no, but it wasn't me. I felt dark. I felt so. You you could not go. You could not go back now to summer school. You're back from that particular one I, I am yeah okay apparently we ruined Anthony Kreppel's holiday <laughs> nothing to do with me at all <laughs> which is the title of Andy's new book you ruined Anthony Kreppel's holiday if you're but, listening Anthony I'm sorry it wasn't me it wasn't Andy it was uh, who, do you want to name no, names no I don't want to name no no it'd be wrong okay well, I don't know it'd be right why should you take the rap for the other two all these years Anthony Kreppel said he, said, he listens to you it probably him who complained last week that you didn't say hello to everybody it probably was it's probably, he probably says oh yeah oh he comes across like a nice bloke on the radio. Doesn't. Actually, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. But oh, he, he comes across like a. But I remember yeah. when he. Oh, oh that yeah. summer camp. He made my life a misery. He ruined my holiday. I believe the phrase is. I know. Yeah. The bloke who expelled us was a London cabbie. Oh yeah. And so he took us to the station, but he turned a meter on. I never forgot that. <laughs> what a cheek. Well, well, that's that's what you deserve. I suppose so. You deserve that for your appalling behaviour. It was harsh, really. That's it for another podcast, you think. See, I told you it was one. I'm back tonight from 10pm alongside the fun boy for more Sports Bar action. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein's Talksport Daily Podcast out first thing in the morning. But until then, my friends, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.